It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on a Monday. Hope you guys had yourselves a great weekend. Uh, if you enjoyed the uh, NASCAR race yesterday or a lot of the stuff that went on over the weekend, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it and are safe. And as always, today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your first order. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun week on the podcast because what I decided to do actually is reminisce a little bit, I guess, almost like a mini documentary. Um, you know, I got this idea because, of course, yesterday was the final two episodes of The Last Dance on ESPN. If you guys haven't seen it yet, um, you know, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it was obviously, you know, if you guys hadn't Seen, I mean, I don't know if chances are a lot of you have seen some of it. I mean, it's been on for the last like five weeks. Uh, but the last two episodes I thought were really good. There was a lot of uh, interesting moments. Um, you know, obviously with Jordan and Rodman, there was even a moment, a uh, pretty emotional moment with Steve Kerr, which uh, was really, really neat and focused on him during the uh, 97 finals. So, a lot of good stuff there. And, um, you know, I highly recommend, if you haven't seen the last two episodes yet, definitely go try to find them at, at some point. But I'm um, laying there th- watching watching The Last Dance, and I'm thinking, hmm, can I incorporate this into uh, into the podcast? What kind of moments can I think of that we can make, like, a, a mini-documentary of? And I'm, and then it hit me. Oh, let's do, let's reminisce about the greatest season in Panthers history, 2015. You know, we could stretch it out to five parts. We could break it down kind of four games at a time here. So that's what we're going to do here. So today's going to focus on the start of the run. You know, the the first four games of the regular season. We're just going to kind of go through the games, kind of, you know, what happened, and just kind of start on this ride that'll run uh, into Friday. Obviously, it's not the happiest of endings because we obviously know how the season went, but... Overall, obviously, it was a very successful season, and uh, I think it's going to be fun to kind of reminisce here. So, this is kind of my mini documentary. I, I don't even know what I would call it. You know, I'm, I'm not creative with these names. You know, the Last Dance that was a pretty easy name to come up with because that's what they referred to that season. You know, if you guys didn't didn't see the you know, kind of the, the history behind it. That's what they called that 97-98 season was the last dance because they knew that that was going to be the last season that everybody was together because they basically said at the start of the season, Phil Jackson wasn't coming back as coach. And so you knew that everybody was going to go their separate ways. And um, obviously that's what happened. You know, Rodman was gone, Kerr was gone, so on and so forth. So I don't know what you would call, what you call this, um, the Panther Prowl of 2015. I don't know. That's a dumb name. Whatever you want to call it. This is our look back at the 2015 Carolina Panthers uh, regular season and postseason. This is part one, weeks one through four of the regular season. 
And it all started on Sunday, September 13th, 2015. The Carolina Panthers, of course, were coming off an NFC South championship, albeit with a losing record, of course, at 7-8-1. But they did... They did have some high expectations. You know, obviously there was a lot of talent coming into this season. And they were, you know, they were ready to go here. But um, it all started down in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. It was the, uh, you know, the early goings, of course, for Blake Bortles back in the day. And Gus Bradley was still head coach. Uh, About 60,000 fans in attendance in this game. And it was kind of a defensive defensive showdown, which even back in 2015 for the Jaguars was was really uh, really what their forte was. But on this day, it was the Panthers' defense that reigned supreme. They held Bortles to just 183 yards passing on 22 of 40 attempts, picked him off twice, Thomas Davis and. Josh Norman, which of course would end up being his final season with the Panthers, both came away with an interception in this one, and the Panthers' defense got to Bortles five times in this game, uh, led by Mario Addison, who had two sacks, Davis had a sack, Keekley had a sack, and Charles Johnson had a sack, and Davis and Keekley both led the way with seven total tackles, in this one, and Davis and Addison both had two tackles for a loss. As again, they held Bortles to just a buck eighty-three. T.J. Yeldon, because of course this was before Leonard Fournette. T.J. Yeldon was the big dog there, but uh, not so much in this game. Just fifty-one yards rushing on twelve carries, and then Blake Bortles was actually the second leading rusher with twenty-six yards, and then Denard Robinson. Remember him, the old uh, Michigan quarterback that converted to running back? 19 yards on five carries. And then their leading receiver was Alan Hearns. 60 yards on five catches. And then it was Rashad Green who came away with the only receiving touchdown for the Jaguars. He had 28 yards on seven catches, which that was actually the highest. Uh, in in terms of number of catches for the Jaguars. For the Panthers, Cam Newton, you know, he didn't light up the scoreboard like he usually does, but he didn't need to with the defense kind of, I wouldn't say bailing him out, you know, just coming up big for him in this game. Cam Newton was 18 of 31, 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked twice, uh, but he did add 35 yards rushing on 14 carries. Jonathan Stewart led the way on the ground with 56 rushing yards on 18 carries and then leading the way in the passing game was good old Ted Ginn who of course is still kicking today now with the Chicago Bears he had 54 yards receiving on two catches and then the lone passing touchdown for the Panthers was uh good old Jericho Cotchery of course the longtime Jet and then came over to the Panthers as that veteran present he had four catches for 45 yards in this one, which was, of course, his second and final year as a Panther and his second and his final year of his career. This wound up being kind of the swan song for Jericho Cotchery after, of course, seven, seven years with the Jets 
and three years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All in all, it added up to a season-opening win to start off this big run. Panthers 20, Jaguars 9. Panthers off to a 1-0 start heading into their home opener against the Houston Texans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in that home opener, uh, long before the days of Deshaun Watson, the Carolina Panthers took on Ryan Mallett and the Houston Texans. And once again, it was the defense coming up pretty strong in this one. Ryan Mallett actually had to throw the ball quite a bit in this one, but he wasn't very accurate. He threw the ball 58 times in this one, but he only completed 27 of those passes. He did throw a touchdown pass. That went to Garrett Graham, which was his only catch of the game for just seven yards. And he did throw an interception, which landed in the hands of A.J. Klein. And he was sacked once by Dwayne or Dwan Edwards. Good old Dwan Edwards, the former Raven. So Ryan Mallett, 27-58, 244 yards. And they shut down the Texans' running game as well, as Chris Polk only had 38 yards rushing on 14 carries. In the receiving game, it was Nate Washington leading the way. Not DeAndre Hopkins, but Nate Washington had the most receiving yards with 63 on three catches. Uh, But 48 of those came on one pass. DeAndre Hopkins wound up with 53 receiving yards on five catches, so he was second most in receiving yards, but he did not lead in number of catches in that game either. Jonathan Grimes and Cecil Shorts both had six grabs in this one, but of course it was not enough. Cam Newton was 18 of 37 for 195 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He was sacked twice. Uh, Once by J.J. Watt, and then half each by Quentin Demps and Eddie Pleasant. But he made up for it in the rushing game. He had 76 yards rushing and found the end zone in this one. Jonathan Stewart also added 62 yards rushing on 17 carries. And even Mike Tolbert got in the act with 31 yards on 5 carries. Leading the way in the passing game was our old buddy Greg Olson, of course, now in Seattle. He came away with 70 yards receiving on six catches, uh, but he did, not, he did not have either of the touchdown passes. Those, of course, went to Philly Brown. Remember him? Philly Brown and Ted Ginn each had a touchdown. Corey Brown had 57 yards on three catches, and Ted Ginn had 41 yards on four catches. All in all, it ended up adding up to a 2-0 start for the Carolina Panthers as they came away with a 24-17 victory after they held off a late rally. They had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter after Corey Brown's touchdown, 
The Texans scored off a six-yard rushing touchdown by Ryan Mallett with 6.30 to go, but they could not complete the comebacks. Panthers hold on 24-17 as they move on to 2-0 and a date with the New Orleans Saints in Week 3. Before we get into that Week 3 battle, let's take a quick little mini-bye week, as it were, uh, with our friends at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, as they are absolutely delicious. They have 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate and nut flavors, and 8 chocolate and nut-free flavors, and they are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're very easy to chew. And take it from me, I've enjoyed these bars, uh, I've enjoyed the raspberry cream, the peanut butter, uh, all different sorts of flavors. There's so many free to choose from. I mean, there, you know, white chocolate is out there. There's a lot of flavors you can choose from. And again, you, you can enjoy feeling like you're eating a candy bar, but get the nutrients that you need out of the protein bar. As these are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, the peanut butter brownie bar has 20 grams of protein but only 170 calories and only 3 grams of sugar and 3 grams of net carbs. So you get that chocolatey goodness, but you get the health benefits of a protein bar. If you want to try this for yourself, just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, just use the promo code LOCKEDON and you get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. So now the Panthers are sitting at 2-0 with two wins over the AFC South. But now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty as the Panthers move into divisional play as they take on the New Orleans Saints. But not Drew Brees. Remember, he did not play in this game. It was Luke McCown actually getting the start in this one. As, of course, Drew Brees was injured coming into this game. So Luke McCown... Got his first start in four years in this one. And actually didn't play all that bad in this one. He was 31 of 38 for 310 yards. So easily the best performance so far by a quarterback against the Panthers. However, he did not throw a touchdown pass. Nor did he rush for one. He did throw an interception and he was sacked once. And once again, the Panthers did pretty decent against the running game. They did allow two rushing scores, one each to Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson, but Mark Ingram only had 50 yards rushing, so it's not like they got gashed. Uh, in the receiving game, it was Brandon Cooks, who now we know has bounced around the league quite a bit since this game. He led the Saints with 70, 79 yards. Remember, of course, this was also before, before the days of Michael Thomas. But it was also the best day for Cam Newton passing as well. 20 of 31, 315 yards passing, and he wound up with three total touchdowns. Two in the air and one in the ground as he added 33 yards rushing. 52 yards on 14 carries for Mike Tolbert, and, or excuse me, for Jonathan Stewart. And 16 rushing yards for, on five carries for Mike Tolbert. And it was the first 100-yard receiving day for Panthers receiver in this one, as it was fantasy day for Greg Olson. So if you had him on your fantasy roster 
on this day, week three of 2015, you were sitting pretty. As Greg Olson caught eight passes for 134 yards and caught both of Cam Newton's touchdown passes. Even Ted Ginn had himself a solid day as well. He nearly hit 100 yards as well. 93 yards on four catches. But it wasn't a blowout. The Panthers held off another uh, comeback attempt. They were leading 27-16 early in the fourth quarter after Cam Newton's 13-yard rushing touchdown. That put them up 27-16. And then with less than five minutes to go, Kyrie Robinson found the end zone, but the two-point conversion failed, putting the Panthers up by five, 27-22. But in the end, the rally fell short as Luke McCown had his pass intercepted by Josh Norman with a little over a minute to go, and that pretty much put the final touches on this game. The Saints did have one final shot, uh, but the but the rally fell short. Panthers 27, Saints 22, as the Panthers move to 3-0 on the young season, and the Saints had actually dropped to 0 and 3. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Finally, before the bye week in week five, it was a date with Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And of course, this was the rookie season for Jameis Winston and he was certainly introduced very lovely to the Carolina Panthers in in a way that kind of became consistent over the years as we saw uh, over the last couple seasons as well. Jameis Winston did have a decent passing game uh, throwing the ball 26 of 43 287 yards and two touchdowns. However the number that Panthers fans have come to know when they were facing Jameis Winston over the years was four interceptions. We all remember the performance Jameis Winston had when these teams met in London a couple years ago. But it was four interceptions in Jameis Winston's first start against the Panthers as two of them landed in the hands of Josh Norman and then one each for Thomas Davis and Kirk Cousins. Josh Norman also came away with three passes defended, and Ryan Dallaire, name we haven't heard of in quite some time, had two of the four sacks on Jameis Winston. And by the way, future Panther Gerald McCoy only ended up with four tackles and one sack in this one, as that was one of two times that Cam Newton was sacked in this game. He finished 11 of 22 for 22 yards and 11 of 22 for 124 yards, two touchdowns. Again, he was sacked twice, but he did lead the charge in rushing with 51 yards on 12 carries. No rushing touchdowns, though, for him, 
but he did have the two passing touchdowns, both of which went to Ted Ginn, which ironically were the only two catches of the game for him for just 18 yards. It was actually Brenton Burson who led the way with 54 yards and four touchdown or four catches. And you start to kind of see already as we go through these first couple games, as we reminisce on this, how incredible this made Cam Newton's season because he didn't have a star receiver. I mean, we're talking Ted Ginn, we're talking Corey Brown, we're talking Devin Funches. These were the top guys among the Panthers wide receivers during this 2015 season, and Cam Newton had the season that he did. Again, all in all, Panthers on both sides of the ball did what they needed to to hold off and really pull away from the Buccaneers, winning this game by two scores. Final score, and they were up by 20 actually at one point as well. After a Graham Gano field goal, uh, the Buccaneers scored late, kind of a garbage time touchdown, uh, but missed the extra point. Final score was Carolina 37, Tampa Bay 23. That moved the Panthers to 4-0 on the young season, but they were already in for an early dogfight in the NFC South because they weren't the only 4-0 team in the division. As the Atlanta Falcons, fresh off their 48-21 pasting of the Houston Texans, were also 4-0. But those two teams were already three games clear of the Saints and the Buccaneers, both of which were 1-3 and three, as the Saints had picked up their first victory of the young season, beating the Cowboys in overtime. But the Panthers were feeling very good about themselves as they were 4-0 going into their bye week, and they needed it because they, of course, had some pretty good games coming up out of the bye week, which included a trip out west to take on the Seahawks coming out of the bye week. But that concludes part one of our look back at the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Tomorrow we will look at part two, which will look at the next four games on the schedule, which were against the Seattle Seahawks, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Green Bay Packers. So I hope you guys enjoyed that and I hope you enjoy this kind of mini documentary that we started. We'll continue this all week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A little bit of fun here uh, in this off season. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, again a shout out to our friends at Built Bar for their continued support. If you want to try Built Bar for yourself, just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you get ten dollars off your first order. And so with that, I'm going to get out of here. As always, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys have a great start to your week, and we will see you tomorrow for more fun here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until then, your boy, Billy Boy, Bill Rossetti, signing off. We'll see you Tuesday. Take care, everybody. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.